Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Navigating the Waters, where I'm joined again by our fabulous host, uh, the founder and CEO of River VC, Stephanie McKinney. Stephanie, lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. How are you, Kim? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, almost September, so starting fall soon, which is uh, crazy to say that we've flown by this year so fast that it's already coming up and creeping on our doors and the quarter four is approaching so i know it's scary how fast it is isn't it i was looking at something the, the other day obviously when we get ready for the mastermind and that gives us a hundred days to the end of the year you're like how how has that happened when we hit september it's like it really is an optimum time isn't it to think about where we are so far um and whether or not we were we thought we wanted to be and if not what can we do now to refocus, to um, reflect on what's working and then to, to really prioritise what we're going to do next to make sure that we exit the year, whether that's uh, looking for investment or whether that's just getting ourselves ready for that, that next piece. And I know in today's episode, we're going to really be exploring one, how you get ready for investment, but two, understanding your burn rates is so important, isn't it? And one of the things that you've taught us in this show is that when you're looking for investment, making sure that you're asking for enough to get you to the next round, that you're not, you know, it's not just enough to kind of do the piece of work, that actually it is going to be sustainable and that you can explain to an investor that you know what that burn rate is, that you know what's driving it and that you've got mitigating actions to ensure that you can deliver it. So I'm really excited about today's show because I know it's going to give us even more insight and help us be ready. And I know, you know, as I'm getting into going now and hopefully talking to investors, it's something I've been really working hard to understand. So um, I'll shut up and hand it over to you to tell us more. No, it, it is important, like you said, because the end of the year is approaching. You want to make sure your financials are in check. You want to make sure that you can last throughout the year and with all the holidays and everything going on track, you want to make sure that you're able to sustain your company, sustain your employees, make sure your customers are, are doing well and staying on your, your um, product or your app. And with that, you need to reflect on what you've done so far, what you have done, what goals have you not reached? What are the minor goals that you have celebrated? Because it, it is important to, you know, even if you didn't get that main overarching goal to stop and celebrate the ones that you, you have obtained because that's going to give you that gusto, that passion to finish out the year strong. So I think that is very important when you're an investor and when you're a founder as well. But for the investor side, just to say, hey, I invested X, Y, and Z in this company, and now I want to make sure that they're doing well, check in with them because they are going to be going through all their products, all their financials, and you want to make sure that they're going to finish the year strong too. So for the investors that are listening, definitely check in. Don't expect anything right away because it is the end of the year. It is coming up. So we're preparing, but make sure that you're still on their radar because as an investor, you want to make sure your, you know, your, your eggs are, are hatching and they're, they're growing and they're trying to get you to where you need to go. So that is the advice that I'm giving our, our investors on this side, because a lot of the times we focus on the founder and I want to make sure that we get in touch with our investors and, and tell them that they can do it, that they need the courage as well to, to go out there. And even if you think that you're a small check size, just say, hey, how's it going? How can I help? What um, 
what deadlines do you need to kind of put yourself out there and build that relationship with the company with the founder i love that that's such great advice because um people like help <laughs> so if you're offering that you're going to give them that support you're showing that interest you're giving them that camaraderie that actually they're not in it on their own um and you're also able to perhaps give them some advice give them some pointers of things that they could be considering or just offering to be devil's advocate on their 90-day plan you know what what is it that you focused on are they the best things to be focused on or is there some others that actually might give you a better return on the end of the year so that's great advice in getting the investors to be able to not just check in on, on how the investment's going but actually share that real value add as well exactly and and when you do just kind of be prepared for you know they may need more money and that's definitely going to be on their radar like yeah you can help can i have some more money and like respectfully no not at this time but i wanted to see how you are doing how the company is doing you know i can't lend a financial hand right now but i can lend a mentor or i can give you this referral so just be be wary that they are going to be asking for typically finances and just respectfully turn them towards a different way that you can use your expertise to help. I love that. That is, it is great advice. And you, you're right. Having a, um, an elegant and graceful way to sidestep a request for, for financial help is a crucial skill to have, isn't it? Cause you know, you've already invested, you want to be supportive, you want to be helping, but actually, it's not always helpful to just say yes actually there's other things that you can be adding value on that's going to give you a better chance of that return isn't it and also get them to be back in control of the levers in their business that they can pull I think for me that's one of the things I help clients with is do you know what your key levers are in your business and therefore are you being proactive with those I something that I believe it's my Englishism that I used over here when I blew somebody's brain by saying, you know, if you've got your budget and then do you do a three plus nine, a six plus six and a nine plus three? And they were like, they just looked at me like I was talking a totally different language. I said, well, you should have a budget and a forecast of projections. And then at the end of every quarter, you've now got three months of actuals, nine months of projections or six months and six months or as we are now, you've got nine months of actuals and three months of projections. We should be looking at those and saying, where are my risks and where are my opportunities? What happens if they play in um, to what the next piece is? What mitigating action can I take? And how many of my risks and opportunities so far this year have played in? But it's amazing how few people use that as part of their, their monthly and quarterly business discipline, isn't it? It is. And, um, you know, if you need if the listeners need to know more information, we will I would love to have you come back on and explain that to them. But you also have your your master mindset starting in September. So if they want to apply and get in and, and learn how to be a good leader and a good entrepreneur, as well as a good mentor and, and collaborator, then you definitely are the expert to go to. So I want to give you celebration on your I'm sure you're very stressed right now, building the curriculum, getting everything, you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, getting everything ready. So, you know, if any of our listeners want, I'm sure Kim will be happy to, to guide you in the right path. If she's not the fit for you, you can go to someone else that she is a great connector. So thank oh, you. Okay. Thank you. And, and you're right. It's, I, I guess it's sometimes it's, it's taking the scariness out uh, of some of these terms and 
you know, that's what you're doing with navigating the water is you're helping us demystify those those terms. You know, we we bandy them round. There's a, another great Britishism here that, that didn't translate. A lot of my clients are American. I was like, well, where's your MI? And again, they all looked at me like, what on earth is MI? I was like, it's your management information. It's what are the key metrics that you look at every month to help you know if you're on track or if you're off track. But it doesn't need to be scary. It's like breaking it down to what are the things you look at that give you confidence or tell you that you've got to go and do something different. And I think that's the joy of all of these things. I know you've also got your masterclasses coming up to really help people to dig into that, to understand what they are, to take away the, the nervousness, because we don't want to appear stupid, do we? We don't want to have got something wrong. I remember the first time I ever went for a mortgage, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was mortified. And then two years later, I was the mortgage advisor. And everyone that came to me, I was like, ask me anything. I only know it now because I'm paid to know it. Somebody told me. But when I was in your shoes two years ago, I had no idea what any of these terms meant. And I felt too frightened to ask in case the person I was asking thought badly of me. So let me just tell you, I'm not going to think badly of you. I was exactly in your shoes. And I think that's kind of what you're trying to do with navigating the waters. It's what we're trying to do with the masterclasses and the masterminds is say, we know this because we've been where you are and we know how this works. So ask, there is no such thing as a dumb question. It's all about seeking the knowledge, isn't it? And getting what you need to be successful. Exactly. And seeking the knowledge is what I personally have been doing for the past two years with Building River. I'm not an expert. I don't have, you know, I'm not Morgan and Stanley or I don't work for Sequoia. I'm, I'm learning as I'm going and I'm learning from my mistakes and I'm making sure that people are coming with me on my journey because it's important not to just, you know, trailblaze, but to, to create a path, to clear the trees, to clear the way. So other people can follow and that takes vulnerability and courage as well because to say that you're not an expert in something but to ask people to trust you that you are like an expert at learning an expert at trying an expert at doing and then coming through and following through with them i think that is uh you know what navigating the waters the core value is uh, yeah and i love that because we we can worry about it can't we you know we can look at you know, I'm, I'm a coach and you can look at some of the big coaches out there, like you know the Tony Robbins, the Mel Robbins, the Brandy Brown's going, well, I'm not them. <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not them. But actually, they can inspire, but they might not be able to show us the way because they're too far ahead of us. They were kind of, they can look at it and go, but you're already making millions and millions. And actually, how do I get from where I am? So, you know, I always say to people, what you want is somebody who's three or four steps further up the ladder than you are because their mistakes are recent enough that actually the learning is still valid. It's still going to help you not fall into that pitfall. Um, so they're, they're kind of still at a reachable distance to put their arm back and help you along versus actually just inspire you. And I think you need a mix of both, don't you, to be able to really get that knowledge, but also get the actionable advice so that you can actually tangibly turn that into what it is you're going to do um, next rather than have to go and think well it's another 30 audio books I've got to listen to <laughs> I've got to go and find some more templates and you know I was planning on sleeping at some point this century but but where do you fit that in because you're running a business at the same time as doing the learning gaining the knowledge living your life aren't you exactly and, and with that like you said bringing people with you having that that 
surrounding that yourself with that community is going to help you keep going because it's going to be hard. You're not going to want to learn. You want to sleep in or you want to, you know, go to the gym instead or you, you don't want that. And then you have to have these people, this community around you that's like, hey, you know, you can do it. Just keep going. What you're doing is excellent. I, I celebrate you. I support you. What can I do to help you? And I think that is very important in navigating the waters. And I think one day we're going to bring on or try to celebrate other people that are just passing through that just have listened. So if you're a, a follower, if you're a subscriber and you want to be on, just please comment. We would love to answer them. And then um, just building this community up because I feel like it's it's going somewhere. It has that mo momentum. It has that that drive and it has that uh, capability, you know, to, to break the dam and to make sure that we're all successful. And uh, with that, we just need to keep going and keep showing them that it's it's possible if you just build yourself that community build yourself inside strong enough to be able to to fight through all those those trials and errors it's so true and i love what it is that you're doing with navigating the water because that community is so vital isn't it you know one of the things that i help people with is their mindset and i talk to people about building their thrive hive those people they can surround themselves with that are going to have their back that are going to you know I, I know in mine I've got the person who's going to kick me in the pants when I just need a kick in the pants and say get over yourself and go out there and be a bit braver but I've also got the person that's going to give me tea and sympathy when I'm not ready for the tough love yet because I just need somebody to sit with me in my waller for a minute um to help me build that strength and I think the bit I love about what you're doing with navigating the water is you're building that community that safe space where it's okay to come and share that you've got questions that you've got concerns that today's not a great day that you might need spurring on um, and I think they're the bits that are so vital aren't they in the, in that getting ready for investment what other things would you think that we should be thinking about when we think about getting ready for investment obviously we've got all of the detail stuff so have we got the pack have we got the pitch deck have we got the story have we got our burn rate but what else do we need to really be considering to ensure that we are ready to take that next leap get ready to, to hear a lot of no's i think people get so excited they take a step they build their product they're like this is amazing this is awesome and now i'm ready to share with the world and people are going to come flooding in because we hear a lot of success stories we hear like the the unicorn of um uber we hear all these crazy things and everyone wants it but a lot of times you're gonna get told no you're going to be ghosted. You're going to be told no. You're going to be told, like, not right now. Wait till you actually have something. So just build build yourself ready to hear that. Because I think that is the biggest advice. Because once you, t once you keep getting no, you just keep going. Keep trying. Keep trying again. Try again. Try again. Because one out of ten, you're going to get a yes. But that one time that you're going to get a yes, it's going to mean the world to you. Rather than if you get a yes every time. I love that. That is such great advice. There used to be um, something they taught us in, in sales 20 odd years ago, which was um, monetize the no. So actually work out the fact that, to your point, you know, if you, you've got to get 10 no's uh, to get to a yes, then actually work out what the value is and say, I'll divide it by all 11. So every no is earning me money. So you can really celebrate it because everyone is one step closer to that yes, the one that's going to get you there and each of the no's if they 
if they've not ghosted you, if they've given you a no and given you a reason why, there's an opportunity for you to keep learning, isn't there? Is it, could you articulate it in a slightly different way? Is there, is there some confusion in what you're doing? Is there some pointers that say, well, actually, if I'd have, if I'd have known that, I could have approached different investors. I could have you know, realised that actually their sweet spot was this. Have I done enough research on who my potential investors are and why I think I'm a good fit? Exactly. You can't just go out there and pitch to everybody because it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. You need to target your audience. You need to find the VCs that are going to have the same portfolio that you fit. And with that, um, you sparked something earlier when you said um, it was learn from your no. And I think the best thing that you can ask an investor that says no is why? What could I have done better? How can I learn from saying no? Like, are you waiting till a certain point? Are you confused about the integration program? What can I do to not get your yes, but get someone else's yes? Because a lot of the times, like when we're founders, we have the same questions. And the same thing with investors. With investors, we have the same questions. So making sure that you learn from that no and ask. The worst thing that they can do is just, you know, it's not a good fit. Okay, that's fine. Find someone who can fit. But if they give you that valuable feedback, take it and, and, and you know, suck it in and make sure that you understand why they said no. And it, it may just be they don't have the capital at the time. It may be on them. It may not be your product. It may be them. But ask, ask, find the courage and ask, like, why is it a no? How can I better myself for future investment? I love that. It's such great advice because sometimes when we get a no in whatever it is in life, we, we're we that hurt that we've got a no, that we want to get out of there as quickly as possible and go and lick our wounds. But actually, it's not, the, you know, I always say, it's not the mistake that defines us, it's what we do with that mistake. And the only way we're going to learn from it is to learn from it, is to ask the questions, is to lean into it and say, you know, I really appreciate that this isn't right for you and I appreciate you taking the time. But since I've got your valuable time and your valuable experience i would love some pointers from you on why it's a no for you now what could i do to make it appeal uh, more appealing to other investors you know what lessons could i take away and i appreciate you giving me those because people like to help um it's a misconception that people aren't going to want to help i think because deep down i think we do um and therefore we'll give you some pointers it might just like you say it might just not be a good fit for the investor at the moment they might be really investing in a suite of, of products that just is sitting in a different genre to the one that you're in and therefore it's a case of well hold on it's not here but okay so who might you know that is investing where i am now you know, who could you suggest because a lot of these investors are really well connected um and you know, i've got loads of investors i know you have too in in our network and by talking to them, you understand, okay, these ones are looking for this kind of product. So when people come to me and say, you know, I'm looking for investments, I would tell me what you're doing first, because there's no point burning those connections. There's no point keep connecting them with people that are just going to be a waste of time for both parties. It's about being able to say, right, I know what it is you're doing. I know what your value proposition is. I know what's important to you. And I know these investors over here that look like that would be a good fit. Use them first to go and do the research, go and have a look at what you, know, do you think it's a good fit. Do they seem like a good value piece? And then happily, you know, I'll do the connection, but I'll do the connection once you're ready 
for it because I can only give you that first impression once. Exactly, exactly. And that first impression is important. So with that, you know, advice of constantly hearing no, bring on your best best self when you do these investments, when you pitch it. And, you know, it's you are the face of the company when you're out there. And the company may be great, but if you're not presenting well, I think during COVID, it was a it was a switch when everyone went back to going online and being at home. I was pitched by someone who was in sweats, in sweatpants and in, you know, like laid back, going through the slides, like clicking like this, like, would you do that if we were in a board meeting? Would you do that if we were in my office? And it, it's a change of, of mentality. And, and I understand a lot of people are, are switching towards that. But when you're asking people for money and their time, you want to make sure that they see that it's worth it. And your product may be outstanding and no flaws. But if you're standing there and you're asking me for your time and you're not giving me the time of the day, like at one time, <laughs> I don't mean to spill all the times I've been pitched to, but you could see. So you could see him looking at another screen as we were talking and not like the screen, the camera's here and I'm over here. It was like, I'm over here and the camera's here and his email was up there and you could see it. And, or uh, another one was, I was in the middle of a meeting with him and I got a notification later on that he had tweeted something during our meeting. So he wasn't respecting my time of the day. So bring your best impression, bring your best self because those are lasting. Your product mm. may be outstanding, but I'm not going to invest in someone. And we talked about this before that doesn't have the same values as me. If you're coming in here and you're giving me your seven out of your 10, I'm not giving you my money. I'm, I'm giving your, show me your 10 out of 10. And then we'll work backwards from there. Like it, we'll get more, we'll know each other more. And the, the sweatpants or the, the lackadaisical attitude will be okay because we're on the same level. But if it's your first meeting, bring your best impression because that is going to stand and and with COVID, it has it has pivoted a lot and i i see a lot of controversial topics and conversation but if this was 10 years ago it would be nice outfit on time i've gotten a lot of late meetings and and i've been unfortunately stained on it too but um it would be to totally different so i would love to do a topic uh, of episode of what has changed pre-COVID, post-COVID, because that is a whole nother ball game. Oh, we should absolutely do that. Maybe we should do that next week, because I think you're right. There's been so many changes and you do have to bring your A game. You know, one of the things that we know is one of the big considerations investors make is you. It's not just the product. It's do they believe you are going to be able to bring that to life? Do they think you're the right person? So I think getting us into that space. And there's a there's a great TED talk, if, if people haven't uh, already seen it, by a lady called Amy Cuddy. Uh, and she talks about the power poses and they kind of bring you into that power pose just before you get on. And one of the things that you know, I get clients to do is find a piece of music that's really uplifting. That's you on your A game, whether that's, you know, this is me from the uh, the greatest showman or the theme tune for rocky but whatever it is that gets you pumped up and um really on fire and listen to it 
before, like listen to it, do the power pose, really focus on bringing your whole self. And then you're so right, be present. Um, right. Because it's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to have things that, you know, that, that come in. But in that moment, it's like being there, being present and committing, because that's your best chance of right. getting that investment because you're respecting them. And people like to be respected. We all do, don't we? Exactly. And I love that because I'm a collegiate athlete. And when we were doing our big game, we would pump each other up. We would listen to music or you would have your own like section where you would be quiet. And that's how you got pumped up. That's how you got pumped up. But not a lot of people take that to their business, which is crazy because you need to pump yourself up to be able to be your best. And, And our coach used to say, look good, play good. So all of our hair was done properly. Um, our outfits were the same. So if you looked good, if you pump yourself up, then you're going to present your best self. And by presenting your best self, you're going to present your best company, the best face of your company. And I think that is, I like the music part. I definitely like listening to music and I I don't do it enough when I'm doing meetings, but maybe that's something that I need to change is like, listen to some music in between the 30 minute meetings or do some meditation or go on a walk, whatever people like to get pumped up because you are going to bring your, your best face forward when you're presenting your company. And with that, being able to, to get ready and prepare yourself by knowing questions that going are going to be answered. So we talked about burn rate and a lot of times investors want to see, when I think of burn rate, I think of you know, sing around a fire. You have your fire. How much are you kindling your fire? Are you throwing all your logs in? Are you putting a log at a time? What What's your your rate? Are you, what is that? So burn rate is like the company. How much the rate of the company is losing money? Yeah. yeah. So it's really understanding that kind of like you know, what? How much does it cost you if nothing else happens? Mm-hmm. How much does it cost you to just be? <laughs> right, um, it's, your, it's your starting balance minus your ending balance divided by the months. And this is a simple a simple um, equation that you could look up and Google and just plug it in because there's there's resources out there where you can just plug it in and it'll, it'll get it for you. You don't need a CPA. You don't need an accountant to do this. But it's that number that people want to see. And then once you divide it by the months, that's your... Um, how long are you able to sustain your company without any more funding? So the, knowing your burn rate, again, burn rate is your starting balance minus your ending balance divided by the months. So um, we can give an example in our blog for people that really want to see it and break it down. Um, but typically after your burn rate, you can see how long your company is sustainable. So once you're burning 9,000, are you able to sustain it for three months? Are you able to sustain it for 18 months? And that typical 12 to 18 month period is what investors want to see, because that means that you're making enough revenue and you're paying your people and you're paying your product and you're doing your customer acquisition costs, means you're getting your ads out there, you're getting your, your marketing resources out there. You're able to do all that, not receive any money, and continue on throughout the months. Because if your burn rate is three months, that means that you're spending more than you're producing. So people wanna see that it's it's a balance 
of being able to have enough capital, still, in de still deploy the capital and be able to coast throughout the month. I love that. That's such like so easily explained. And like you say, we'll put something in the blog that gives people some examples for those people that are perhaps a bit more visual. <laughs> they want to be able to see, okay, what does that look like? But that understanding what's going to happen, what that looks like and how much confidence that brings to an investor. So I think there's been, as always, some amazing <laughs> advice and tips in here on how to get ready, um, whether that's get your music or your meditation or your quiet space, but it's find the thing that allows you to be the best version of you. Um, and then be really confident in, that you know your stuff, you know your numbers, you know your burn rate, you can demonstrate that credible story to the investors. Um, and I love that we're going to do one on pre and post COVID because I think that would be amazing because things have changed. And I think it's also be useful to know which bits are we now seeing that are coming back? Because I think we are seeing a, a kind of next evolution, aren't we, of kind of what, what's happening next, which would be great to hear more on. Yeah, I would love to do that. And for all the subscribers, thank you for listening. Thank you for um, please like, comment, share. We would love to get more people in the Navigating the Waters community. So thank you guys very much for listening. Kim, thank you again for joining us and being our, our co-host, our mentor, as we navigate the waters of financing, of investing, of, of being a founder, of being an investor. So thank you guys all for, for coming. And until next time. Oh, it's great. Thank you for having me. Until next time, everybody. Take care. Thank you.